We talking rom-com, we talking action We talking drama and movie classics Whatever you want, yo we have it Cause we talking movies on a podcast So I married a film critic So I married a film critic so I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Welcome so to So I Married a Film Critic. I'm your co-host, Julia, and here's the film critic. Hi, I'm Barry. My poor wife is married to a film critic. <laughs> so we decide to, decided to do a quick little podcast that may turn into more than one about movies that we watch together and if we like them or not. Yes, and let's start at the very top of cinematic greatness. Let's begin with the 1986 BMX classic, Hal Needham's Rad. His name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. The world would be a lot better off without kids. We're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held, Helltrack. This is a very important race. The very finest riders in the country are here riding for some $100,000. Helltrack in this town. They've got to be kidding. This is a joke. I really think I can get this one. I think I've got a chance. I don't want to hear any more about it. Everyone's on his case. Get that. The paperboy thinks he's a pro. He's nothing next to Bart Taylor. He's got the style. There's something about the way you ride so naturally. And he's going to prove it. I've never seen such raw determination and talent in one kid. Against the factory hotshots. Looks like the local yokel's gonna race after all. It's gonna take a miracle to beat this guy. Against the big money fixers. All you have to do is take out that kid. Against impossible odds. You scared now? This guy doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. He's going for it all. Rad. Rad. Raise your hand if you've ever even heard of this movie, because I've never heard of this movie. For fun fact, rad is uh, short for radical, uh, not radiant. Radical. Wow. Radical racing. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that bit of history. Just in case, just in case. I mean, the, the youngins listening to this, they probably don't use the word rad or radical in their everyday vernacular. So Okay. Well, as a born and raised Californian, I'm very... <laughs> is this, this is your language. Yes. Very well versed. Okay. Babe, why don't you give us a little plot synopsis of Rad? Rad uh, stars Bill Allen playing a character named Crew. Crew is a, a USA Today delivery boy. This is what he lives for. This is his life. He lives in the small town. He delivers USA Today with a great deal of passion, and the town folk really dig it. It's clearly that kind of a town. And a evil um, developer comes to the town with uh, this thing called Hell Track, which is this BMX-sponsored event in which young bikers get to prove their mettle, win a ton of money, and basically a whole career as a BMX biker professional. If they if they 
are able to basically go on this thing called Hell Track, this this Mad Max level BMX uh, tournament, and uh, win. So the movie is kind of set up to be like the Karate Kid with BMX bikes because it is about how the underdog who is uh, being raised by a single mom is uh, you know raising this boy. And the mom, by the way, is played by Talia Shire of Rocky fame. Um, and, uh, by the way, she also helped produce the film. And the young boy crew basically has to choose between listening to mom or, you know, basically try to becoming this this BMX legend, which he's already on his way to doing. There's an evil crew in the town of BMX bikers, and kind of the one in the middle who helps him is played by Lori Laughlin. She's the love interest and also a bike guru who helps crew become truly rad. Wow. I think you may have oversold this movie with that synopsis because you make it sound way better than it is. Well, let's talk about what works and let's talk about the very, the very top of it. Um, I mean, the movie opens up with this, this opening credit montage of guys just like spinning on bikes. They're just like, they're bouncing around on, on wheels. Using and them like pogo sticks. That's exactly what it looks like. And, you know, it's it's a long opening montage. I love these. It's very akin to the opening uh, montage of Flight of the Navigator, which is just this nonstop, you know, this nonstop medley of dogs hungrily searching for frisbees as they get thrown in the air. It's very similar. It just goes on forever, but it's really hypnotic and it's very well cut and put together. All of the montages in this movie, and there's lots of them, are very well cut together. Whenever this movie is about plot and character, that's when the editing sucks because there's a lot of scenes that are just, they're cut in ways where you have a character enter a scene and you think, oh, that guy's going to have a line. Oh, that character's interesting. And they cut to somebody else. It happens so often. It becomes the film's signature style. Very awkward moments with people just looking at each other, nodding and walking away. Yeah, and no follow through. Like, I wonder if this movie was originally like three hours long and they're just like, let's cut that, cut that, cut that. That scene sucked. That, That scene had no point. Because all of the bike scenes are like these really well-sustained sequences, but whenever it's about building character or these characters, or just two people in a room talking to each other, the film really comes across as like really amateurish, I think. I agree. Um, But it is really fun in the sense that it is unintentionally hilarious. Yes. And that's something I learned from the film critic, you guys, that movies that are unintentionally hilarious are very fun to watch. Yeah, I think in this movie, you have to ask kind of like what this, what I like to ask, you know, basically two questions, what the film is about, and does it achieve its goal? I think that's, I think those are two very basic questions you should ask every film. And I think that's kind of like kind of the barometer of whether movies are good or not. Because this movie, like, does it achieve its goal? Is it a rad BMX biker movie? Absolutely. It's cool. It's it's fun. You could really watch it without the sound off. That would actually probably make it a lot better. probably be better. Much, much far better film. But on the other hand, what is this movie about? <clears throat> I mean, there's this really weird thing where it wants to be about crew overcoming the life that he's living in this town. Apparently, you know, you could only deliver so many issues of USA Today to the town folk. So... He is, uh, he's been pressured by his mother, played by Talia Shire, to take the SAT, and there's no follow-through. That's the thing that really puzzled me, because she's not saying, like, you know, go to college and, you know, become a botanist or whatever it is. No, it's just like, I really need you to take the SATs. I need, he, 
I need you to get that number two pencil and go in there and fill in those circles because if you don't do it, you're never going to leave this town like me. And I'm thinking like, that's that's really it. It's like and, you have to take the SATs. Yeah. And he says, mom, I can take them in six months. <laughs> And that's where he leaves it. <laughs> yeah, and I love the point that you made while we were watching the movie because you're going like, in six months, he's going to be on tour. He's going to be a celebrity. He's not going to want to come back to this town like, Mom really wanted me to take the SAT, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna ditch the BMX tournament and the you know, the, the, the photo shoot, and I'm just going to come back and I'm taking the well, SATs. And SAT testing, I mean, it happens all year round, so it's really a moot point. Yeah, it's funny that so much is, I mean, it's a huge plot point because it's the only conflict because there's no <laughs> conflict between the so-called evil bikers. No, who are there's really... a conflict. Well, we should get into that because okay. crew decides to do the race like to get into the preliminaries right right? he goes to the preliminary race and it's hilarious because Mm -hmm. he has to do this track like five or six times so you're watching him exhaust himself and you know other people are getting out of the race by like going off the track and flying into the lake and that's really funny um but then once he gets into the race the bad guy keeps telling him that he needs a sponsor. He doesn't have a sponsor. I see what you're saying. Because this is weird because I really focused on the young teens because this movie is made for young teens. And the young teens in this movie don't really register. There's a couple of twins who kind of like do the snidely whiplash thing and then they walk out of frame. It's it's a very poorly staged movie, which is weird because Hal Needham, the director, is a former stuntman who made like Cannonball Run 1 and 2. Um, he's not really good at putting people in the frame. Great with bikes and cars, but not really people. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jack Weston plays the villain. And Jack Weston, God bless him, most people know him as the Catskills club owner in Dirty Dancing. He seems completely snookered during this movie. Every scene he seems completely he was just drunk the whole completely, time. Yeah, I was trying to use a nice word. But yeah, he completely violently intoxicated in every scene. He slurs his words, his, his face looks typically red. He doesn't seem to have good timing with his co-stars. It's very amusing to watch, but he's not really a very threatening villain. You really kind of want like a Jack Palance type or even like Gary Busey. But this is this is Jack Weston who's like a sweet old man trying to be like a evil, like snidely whiplash villain. So yeah, the conflict you're talking about, he's, he's basically wanting crew to sell his soul. But it's, I don't know, I, I didn't even feel any kind of tension because... Crew is clearly like the greatest BMX biker racer in all of cinematic history. So it's not like he even needs this hell track crap anyway. Right. But he has to overcome the sponsorship situation. And then they make up another rule where he has to sell so much money. And so the town people have to come together and support him. And it's really ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's they're trying to make a message about not selling out, which is funny for a movie that is basically a long commercial for USA Today and BMX biking. I mean, it's like it's it's such a corporate film to begin with, but they're trying to make this statement about like staying true to yourself. And the whole thing of like it taking place in a wholesome all-American town, I don't think really works because the town folk are bizarre it doesn't make sense that they would even want to have this hell track at this town it really doesn't it does yeah so, i don't even know why so they strange. picked it yeah yeah i mean this is it's not just that it's a podunk town i mean just like i mean you, you all remember the town in footloose like th- this town isn't even that well organized there's all these town hall sequences which are badly shot and staged and it, it just seems like 
it, it just seems like these these people don't even seem capable of protesting one way or the other. Like whether they're like anti hell track or pro hell track, if that's even a, a political stance in this town. Yeah. yeah, I think we should talk about the love story though. That's that's truly the heart of the film, um, <laughs> though it doesn't make a lick of sense. So Lori Laughlin is, I mean, what is she? She's I don't even know, but she comes to for, town. Yeah, she comes yeah. to town with the Hell Track people and the pro bikers, I yeah. guess. And she's a pro biker herself. Right. But she's not a part of the Hell Track team because she doesn't actually ride in Hell Track. I think there's a subplot that probably got cut where she used to be the girlfriend of the main quote unquote evil biker or something. Because, yeah, yeah, she has like a Miyagi like sense of BMX biking. She has, she's crazy smart when it comes to all things bmx she goes on a bmx bike and she's i mean one of her introductory scenes is she flies through the air she flies over a crew flies over him (laughs) through the air (laughs) that's like her introductory scene and he's just like wow i've never seen a woman like that before and all the townsfolk hate her but um yeah that's like that's her introductory scene and she's like yeah she's a good so clearly she's well matched to our hero but it doesn't, I mean, like, what school did she go to? You it know? doesn't even matter. It's weird. But then, yeah. so all the BMX bikers from out of town end up at this school dance. Yes. And she's she sees Crew doing his, like, bike pogo stick move. <laughs> and she says, follow me. <laughs> and they go into the school gym. And he doesn't even know what she's doing. All of a sudden, they're bike dancing. Yes. To send me an angel. By real life. Great song, by the way. Who's that kid? I don't know. What factory is he in? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? It's your job to know. Find out. Send me an angel. Fun fact, this song has appeared in the movie Rad, The Wizard, and Teen Wolf 2. Truly a a, a perfect storm, a trifecta of bad cinema right there. And you guys, they play the entire song (laughs) with with crew and Lori Loughlin's character, whatever her name is. They play the entire song and they're just kind of moving in slow motion standing on the bikes it's amazing yeah because they're because they're not just dancing with the bikes which sounds as ridiculous as it really plays like they're doing it in slow motion i mean they're standing on the seat of the bike using it like a surfboard and you know they're not yeah, like crashing a foot into anyone. on the <clears throat> seat and a foot on the handlebars it's insane it makes no sense it's great i mean it's like you've seen this in movies where they do this like on motorcycles and horses but in this film, like yeah, they're doing it on on a BMX bicycle. That's a, not. A, that's barely a, moving in an auditorium, like during someone's prom. It's nuts. It's crazy, and it's a long scene. It feels long because the not, song is four minutes. Because not only is the song long, but the scene's in slow motion. So like the movie just kind of stops. I think they realize like this is it, man. This is what people are gonna remember about this movie, and they're right. Because, I mean, I, I always say if you're looking at a movie, try if it's a bad film, try to find the irredeemable moment, the moment that where the movie can't possibly save itself from. This is the case, but, like, it is the best scene of the and movie. And it happens early on, Yes, I feel it does. Like. Yeah. All I remember saying to you is, wow, they played that entire song. <laughs> they really song. did it. 
Yeah. And, you know, I grew up with the song. I love that song. But, I mean, it's... Uh, I'm, it, th- th- this movie has forever ruined that song for me because I'm always going to think of Bill Allen uh, riding his bike with one with one leg on it, the other leg sticking out, and he's like looking at the camera, like smiling. It's it's, it's so cheesy. It is the height of cheese, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Can I also say really quickly, uh, as kind of an aside, but something I thought of the entire movie was that I, I think this movie oversells how cool people look on BMX bikes because you look really dorky because you know when you're on a bike. You're, you have the handlebar and it's going back and forth, back and forth. So you got like this doing, 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 you know, and you're in your, when you're pedaling really fast, <laughs> you look really dorky. On a, it's not like a being on a motorcycle where you look freaking cool because you're just sitting there with yeah. your glasses on, your jacket. These people look like they dorks. They look dork. Like they look really dorky. Like, Let's go biking. It's, it's really stupid. Like you can't look cool. On a, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't look that cool. Okay. Unless you're, unless you're C. Thomas Howell in E.T., it just doesn't look cool to be like biking. And, and thinking it's this cool. Well, I just remembered the scene of crew and the police officer. Yes. Okay, so I don't know what this scene was about. Yeah. But crew sees the motorcycle cop and just sort of looks at him and they like nod to each other. Yeah. And then crew takes off into this lumber yard and they have like this cat and mouse chase and somehow crew gets away and then the police officer is just kind of like he did it again like (laughs) it's pretty insane because there's no establishing who this cop character is my theory is that it's crew's father that he didn't want to like be there for crew so he's like i'm gonna be a cop because i can't deal with your mom she's always bugging me about the sats so he's constantly he's like spend time with his son in the morning he chases him on his on his little motorbike and he chases him through this wood field and like crew i mean you're not kidding like he's not only he's on a wood pile i mean this wood pile is like what two stories well, high he's up on these huge logs like huge one logs. one log moves and he's dead it's a death scene yeah. right but instead you know he's 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 crew so it's it's no big deal for him he does this every day and the cop's like oh, that darn kid i'll see him tomorrow son it's yeah ri- it's ridiculous it's crazy yeah and it happened again it happens early there's no you know there's no life in this town except for the life of the young people i can dig that because it's it's a movie about young people but like there's so much emphasis on the cop um talia shire is barely in this movie which is bizarre but like we get a lot of ray walston as the kindly old codger who's always riding his bike it's like was he the first rad person with coffee in his hand coffee in his hand that's always getting spilled it's like you, you gotta do something about that um yeah, it's crazy. There's this movie wants to make the town like lovable and wonderful, but it's one of these things where, you know, the sick, excuse me, the slick city slickers come to this town, and you wonder like they're they're just gonna like eat these people alive because these town people don't seem like they're capable of of overcoming you know the the corporate giants of hell track. Another silly thing about this movie and Crew's relationship with Lori Laughlin is that. At some point, he shows her like a really great day and he says, let's go ass sliding. (laughs) This is what? This is ass sliding. I have a dream and it's probably crazy. I got to say, it's an opportunity missed that she doesn't go, is that a euphemism for something? And sure enough, they go down. What is it? It's like a, it's like a water, it's like a sinkhole. They slide down. No, it's not a sinkhole. What is it? It's like an actual slide? It's like 
a cement aquifer or something <laughs> that water goes down into this lake. But we call it Aslan. Yeah. And they show them going down, again, falling into water, which seems to be a theme. And then they show it again in slow motion. <laughs> of course, because with the movies, like, even with end credits, it's like, what, maybe 79 minutes long, maybe? I feel like it would be 50 minutes if they had no slow motion. Well, if there's, if there's no montages, I mean, this movie would be like, what, uh, 28 minutes, maybe? Yeah. There's so little plot here. So they go ass sliding, which we're supposed to find charming. Endearing. Yeah. Adorable. Adorable. Radical. <laughs> and then at the end, Crew is getting ready to go on Hell Track. And he looks at her. And what does he say? Hey. God, what I wouldn't give to go ass sliding with you right now. <laughs> Anyone in earshot is going, What? <laughs> What are you doing, Lori Laughlin? Doing the woods alone together? You know, it's the weirdest callback because I didn't even hear what he said, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do want to mention for anybody who does decide to watch this movie, you have to keep an eye out for Lori Laughlin's stunt double. It's amazing because it is clearly a guy dressed in her clothes with a really bad wig. Really bad, and. They camera lingers on him quite long. Yeah. You know, when he's riding away from the camera. Enough so, that you know it's a man. Well, yeah, you can totally tell that it's a dude. And, you know, she'll be wearing like tight pants and like a kind of an oversized sweater. And then on him, the pants are really loose and the wig is just terrible. Yeah. It's biz- it's really, really bizarre. I mean, because Laughlin, I mean, if nothing else, the best hair of the movie, I think, you know, and this is the 80s when most of the characters have terrible hair. But Lori Laughlin looks amazing. Like she has like this beautiful, like if she were like, like a female lion, she would have the perfect mane. I guess. I mean. Really? Don't you don't, you don't take the Laughlin hair? I mean, her hair is fine for the 80s, but I wasn't overly Okay, well, impressed. I'm just like, wow, that hair. It's not, it, nothing. it's like, wow, that hair. Like, because she, she played uh, Annette Funicello's daughter a couple years later in Back to the Beach. Same thing. It's about the hair. It's acting with your hair. Yeah. So when she has a stunt double, it's clearly a man wearing a dreadlocked <laughs> wig on a bike standing in for her. I mean, you're not fooling anybody, movie. Yeah, and they do a lot of um, water stunts in this movie. <laughs> you can call it. Which it's is, a lot of falling into water. It's a lot of falling into water. They'll yeah. just take their bikes and ride off a cliff <laughs> and fall into a lake. In most movies, it would look like a death scene, but in this, it's like, red, man. Yeah, they're like, let's have some fun. They and, ride their bikes off a cliff, and they fall into this, into this uh, pond. I mean, it's a big drop, and they're falling in slow motion. Most movies, this would be the death scene. And this well, movie, it's like, well... And so you're, and you're like, well, there goes her stunt double. Yeah. It's so obvious. He's going to get his ratty wig wet again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know what else we want to say about it. I mean... We should talk about Helltrack, which looks like uh, when you're a kid, you play that game Mousetrap. It looks like that. It it's, does. It's an absurd construction because as you indicated, Julia, like there's an early sequence where they're training for the race and they keep falling into the into the. Well, into it's the a water. preliminary race to see who's going to actually be in Helltrack. But and it seems like a real race. It like does. A, yeah. yeah. They actually use real... It's a hill. in it's, the town. It's dirt. It's a hill. It's really dangerous. There's all these bikers like like slamming into each other. It's it's very well done. It's a really exciting sequence. 
Uh, and then you get to Hell Track, and it's like, this is like Mad Max done with a $13 budget. It's really embarrassing. Yeah, because the preliminary race, I don't know how long it is, but yeah. it's the Hell Track is like in one arena. Right. Like if you were to go to a monster truck rally and that space. Have you ever been to a monster truck rally? Well. You did? No, oh. I've seen it when oh. we went to the fair. We just never oh. paid to go in. Yeah, I've never been there. No, no, we we didn't. We heard it, but we didn't go. Oh, in. and we caught dead in a monster truck. Okay. But anyway, please continue. Okay, but if that area, like that arena, that size was turned into a BMX bike track, that's basically like the area it would yeah. cover. Whereas the preliminary track seemed just more organic and real it's weird too because this is supposed to be like bmx biking it's like macho and awesome again you can't look that way riding a bike but that's the idea this movie's trying to sell but this hell track it has like a giant like cereal bowl with a spoon sticking out of it like with some like like peewee's playhouse whimsy what are they doing yeah i don't know i think that was supposed to be some sponsorship thing but it's ridiculous (laughs) wheaties like it doesn't even make any sense yeah it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I got to say, like, this movie, is most of it is montages. And I, I do kind of adore it because this is like the age of MTV. This movie came out the same year as Madonna's uh, Open Your Heart video, which is one of my absolute favorites. So it's like this movie knew who its audience was. It knew how to present it to its audience. I kind of dig it as a so bad it's good film because because it, like, delivers, you know, entertainment on some kind of flat base level. But it's otherwise, it's, you know, it, it's adorably bad. Yeah. And let's talk about the ending really quick. Because yes. I was hoping, you know, Cruz's mom sees him in the race. I mean, I don't know if I, we want to give away the ending. Well, I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone listening to this would be shocked to to know that the film ends in a hot, positive way. <laughs> <laughs> that's an up, That it doesn't end in a really dark way. Yeah, basically. Like, Guess I'll study for those SATs now, mom. <laughs> Got it practicing, cir- filling in those circles with my number two pencil. Okay, so spoiler alert, crew wins. And you see his mom in the stands and she's really happy for him. And then that's it. It's There's no there's- follow through. And by the way, again, like I can't stress enough, like Talia Shire, when this movie came out, I mean, she was the biggest star in the film. Most people my age would probably see the film because like Adrian is in it, Rocky's wife. And like she's barely in this film, she barely has any lines. When they show her in the in the stands watching her son, clearly she's not reacting to anything. Because at times Talia Shire doesn't even seem to be reacting to anything. Like she's like clearly like they just want some reaction shots to her. She looks really bored. She's like, why am I here? Why am I in this movie? I got I got Rocky Five like in a few months. Why am I doing this? She's movie? like, where's Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> this is so lame. Like God, like BMX biking is just not as good as boxing. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. the ending. Yeah. yeah. So the end. Yeah. There's. There's no like. There's no like. I'm so proud of it. You don't have to take the SATs after all. No. There's a stupid scene with him and one of the other bikers that yeah. is not even worth really talking about. It's kind of like the ending of Karate Kid, where John is like, "You deserve this, Larusso," and he hands him the it trophy. It's like, like that. that, but it's yeah. it's not that interesting because again, the conflict between those two, between Crew and the blonde bad guy, it's never really established. Really, they. I don't know if it got lost in the edit or if they're just like, "Oh man, we forgot to give that guy any lines." So like. There's no, there's no, there's no point for him yeah, to be in the film. He has no lines. He says like two things. He hangs out, as I mentioned, with these two cronies, these two twins, and they're both funny because they're both like, you know, it's it's a twin. It's this twin cliche where they're like, they're they they basically share the same mind and they like laugh, <laughs> evil together in sync. They're more interesting, and they they also have nothing to do. Like they put all the villainy on Jack Weston's shoulders, and God bless him. It's like there's just no tension in this movie. 
Okay, so what on your star rating? Because out of four stars, uh-huh. what would you give Rad? You know, like, I mean, here's the thing. I saw this thing when I was 13 years old, and it was with my dear cousin Levi. And Levi, I love him very much. He picked this movie out. He was really excited because he knew that— He's older than you. He's a little bit older than me, yeah. And, like, Levi, like, you know, he knows that I'm, you know, movies are my thing and always were even when I was a little kid. So he was so excited. He's like, this is my favorite movie. I always rent it from the video store. I can't wait to show it to you. And I watched it with him. And, you know, this is even before, like, Mystery Science Theater was the thing. But I think my brother and I, particularly me, I mean, we were just— mocking it nonstop. We just could not take it seriously, even though I was 13 years old. So this isn't even a film that I could say like, you know, if I was eight years old, I would have loved this. I don't think so. I think this movie always felt corny and cheesy to me. And, you know, looking at it with you the other day, like, I mean, I just, I couldn't stop laughing. It was really hard for me to take. It's really funny. Really couldn't take it seriously. I don't know. It's like between watching a YouTube video of an old 80s BMX commercial or watching this movie again, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is the greatest BMX movie ever made. Maybe it is the Citizen Kane of bike movies, maybe. As a guilty pleasure, it's pretty wonderful. But as a movie, I mean, it's pretty inept, especially with the editing. As I said, like, it's very sloppily. When it's not about the montages and it's just scenes of people talking to each other, it's film school bad, early film school bad. So I'd give it one star. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But I would happily watch it again. Yeah, I don't even want to give it any stars, but I would definitely... Oh, really? Give it zero stars? Yeah, I would see it again just because it's hilarious, but I, I, it's not good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, all right. I think I give it zero stars. Wow, nothing, nothing about it. You didn't like those those cool pogo hops on the bike? No, the pogo stick bicycle stunts were ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, him learning how to do a flip. Now that's cool. Awesome. Like, yeah. that Radical. I would, yeah, I would watch that. Mm -hmm. But come on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I think we should act out what we think the final scene should have been. Okay. Mom, mom, I did it. I did it, mom. I I totally, I beat Helltrack. I am so proud of you, crew. You know what? I have a change of heart. Oh? You've really shown me that there's more to life than the SATs and going to college. Oh, I'm so glad, Mom, because, like, I can't even read. So, like, oh, I'm so relieved I don't have to go to the SAT test and fill in the little circles with a number two pencil. Oh, I don't even have a pencil. Oh, thank God, Mom. You're the best, Mom. I just love you so much. I love you so much, crew. And you really, you have such a bright future ahead of you. So bright. So bright. Oh, my God. Bikes. So many bikes. Oh, and that girl with the hair. At least I think she's a girl when she rides ahead of me. It looks like a guy with a wig, but it's okay. It's all right. I love her so much. And scene. (laughs) And end credits. Send me an angel. All right. Radical. We did it, babe. (laughs) I had fun. I hope you all listening did too. All right. Catch you next time. Aloha.